Oh, wait, I forgot what we were saying. <laughs> hey, Boo Thanks, and welcome back to Just Schooly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 64. And we are your bootyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. Oh, my God. I literally just forgot everything we were just going to do. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. I it's completely... <laughs> I I don't know why. I need to get coffee. Okay. Hold on. All right. I'm going to sip into my Dunkin' Donuts sponsor us coffee. A little and ASMR for us. And we're going to start again. But we're keeping this in because that was pathetically hysterical. <laughs> All right. So, hey, boo things. It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. I really can't believe I froze. Like, I literally felt like I was a five-year-old on a stage for the first time about to do her first. right there. I was about to do my first tap dance solo, and my parents are looking at me, and I just throw up all over the stage, and I make a mess of myself, and then I just can never perform ever again. That was literally how I felt. That's what happened. But, hey, boo things again, and welcome back. Like I said, episode 64. You guys know the deal. Lily and I say scary stories that we find online. You freak out at them. We laugh. We cry. We freak out with you. It's just a bunch of fun stuff going on within the hour. All right. Sounds good. You ready to start your first story, Lily? Born ready. I came out of the womb with this one. Oh, I'm ready. Just kidding. That would be weird. That would be very and very interesting picture. Like, just Lily with a bunch of folded-up papers coming out of Amy's uh, Amy's uterus. Just, hey, I have some scares. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my first story is called Falling Object and Three Scratches Down My Neck. As the title says, earlier this year and late into last year, during the course of four months, my wife and I kept hearing things fall, like dishes and such. However, they were in positions that they never fell before. Also, some mornings we noticed that I had three scratch marks down both sides of my neck that would come and go during this period. I knew from reading other experiences what normally works, as I told, as I told my wife to ignore the, any weird goings-on. The footsteps upstairs late at night was what freaked her out the most. We know the upstairs is a little old, but these creaks were specific and in a pattern around the same time between 2 and 4 a.m., I ignored things that happened and became an insomniac over that time and remain so today. However, I said earlier that it was a short period of time because after we began ignoring things, I found my old pendant of St. Michael with his prayer on it that I received when I was younger. I put it on as a necklace, and afterwards the scratches never came back. It's been around 14 weeks since anything has happened. What, What do you guys think? Was this a haunting or just things that happened by coincidence? And if it's the former, is it over? The end. Hmm. What do you think from that? Um, I mean, it sounds like the pendant is protecting him. And, I'm sorry, did they say anywhere where they got this from again? Um, I think a family member. I could be wrong. It would be interesting if this was something that was like, if it was given more detail of if this is something that's passed down it was like blessed or something or because we talked about haunted objects before yeah exactly maybe there is something behind it possibly 
There could be. I don't know. I mean, it seems so early on to, you know, find a pendant and put it on and then have it all stop. But I mean, I, if it were me, I'd just chalk it all up to being a coincidence, but I'd keep the pendant on anyways. Just oh, in case. for sure. For sure. It's like, you know, obviously that's like a super, super coincidence, but I mean, you can go either way. I definitely think that there yeah. needs to be more information. And if this person has any more experiences, like imagine like they take it off and then all of a sudden, like as soon as it hits the table, a bunch of shit starts happening, then maybe exactly. you should put that pendant back on. <laughs> Might be a good idea. Okay. So my next story is, Ghost of Father helped me with my cleaning routine. My father passed away a few months ago from ALS. Before he died, I always used to joke around with him to please give me signs from the dead and haunt me as much as possible. It was just a joke between us to make him feel better about his impending death. I never had any real expectations. Yesterday, I was changing the water in my aquarium that is set up in his office. While I'm working on the maintenance, suddenly some beautiful jazz music, my favorite music to clean to, which he always used to complain about, starts to play from his speaker the speaker is not voice activated and can only play music via an app on your phone his phone was still attached to the speaker but when i checked the phone it was completely dead the speaker has never malfunctioned malfunctioned before and there are no other possible explanations for how it would play the music without the phone running the app while i'm not a disbeliever of the paranormal i wouldn't call myself a believer either i guess i'm just indifferent to it because i've never had any paranormal personal experiences but when that song played i was really feeling his presence and i felt like he was doing something nice by playing music for me while i cleaned i was overcome with emotions which led to me freaking out a bit and soon as that happened the music abruptly stopped i love the idea that he was reaching out to me through and through this and hope he finds little ways to do some some more has anyone else had any family member friends that have passed on that has reached out to them since i really want to hear your stories the end that's a sweet one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just this little things that something that bothered him while he was still alive, like the jazz music of like, oh, this is whatever. He personally played it for her to kind of be like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm still your parent. Like, our parents do so much shit for us that they probably never wanted to do or listen to yeah. or be a part of. So this is just such a paternal sort of presence just doing something yeah. for their child that they know makes them happy, especially when they may be feeling a little low thinking about their loved one. And who else would know to play specifically that type of music? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I feel like not that jazz is dead or anything like that, but I feel like jazz is a specific genre that not everyone listens to. So It's not as popular as it used to be, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so just a sweet little story. Short That's cute. Sweet. I love that. Okay. What's your next story? This one is called The Park Mystery. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam, and some weird-ass shit has been happening to me. First, let me give some backstory. In eighth grade, my friends and I dug a huge six-foot-deep pit we called The Trench in a park across from my house. This park is mostly just woods and unkept plant growth. The property, uh, the property used to belong to a millionaire who lived in my city, and it used to be a really nice open park with paths and pine trees and shit, but she passed away in the 50s or something, and her family sold the land to the city, and the city has been too lazy to maintain what it used to be. So now there's a big wooded area in the middle of the neighborhood. Anyways, we dug this pit out of boredom, and it's been there for several years. We usually check up on it to see if it's still there and keep the hobos from sleeping in it. 
it was last year that we started to notice some weird shit surrounding the trench. One time, we were just hanging out at my house, and at around 3 a.m., we went outside and ran to the trench to check it out. We got there and heard rustling in the bushes. We turned around to go back home. We all had this huge feeling that we were being watched. Now, we didn't think much of this because there's a ton of hobos in that park, and, and then the things just happened to get weirder. Deeper in the park, the trees and plants got denser, and the hard ground turns into mush because there's a little bay right outside the trees. And my friends, my friends and I had been back there before, but we show up, and there's a huge opening in the trees, and the ground is normal, like the ground near the edge of the woods by my house. Almost like something just came in, destroyed the trees, pounded down the ground, and left. And there used to be two old wells in that same place, and now they're both gone. So that was weird. But, like, okay, there could just be some construction going on, maybe. And I kid you not, after a year and a half of no one doing anything in that land, not a single plant has grown in the opening. And you might be thinking, how does one tie, how, how does this one tie back to the trench? The same thing is happening where we dug the trench. There were no plants growing there. So that's all the backstory on all the supernatural shit that's been surrounding this trench and this park in general. But here's the main part of the story. Last Friday, some friends and I were sitting on my porch having a drink and chatting while a radio was playing on a table next to me. You know those severe sun thunderstorm warmings that sound like this and then they linked, <laughs> you know, the sound? Yeah. Yeah, we know. Um, we know the sound. Yeah, like the whoa kind. You did that really well. <laughs> Thank you. Lily, you need to go um, into voiceover acting. Yes, hire me. I have a face for radio. Anyways, <laughs> the radio show we were listening to suddenly shifted into that warning sound, telling us there was a severe thunderstorm in our area, even though it was perfectly clear outside. We thought that was like the freakiest thing ever until we saw a fucking spotlight coming from the park across from my house. It was moving all over the place as if someone was using it. This is also freaky because it's almost midnight and no one is usually at the park with a spotlight. Not only that, but after we turned off the radio, we could feel vibrations in the ground as if there was an earthquake happening or something. One of my friends isn't scared of anything, so he jumps off the porch and runs straight into the woods towards the spotlight. We all follow. The further we get into the park, the more we start to realize that the spotlight is coming from the trench area. Soon before we arrive, the spotlight turns off, and now it's pitch black. None of us grabbed our phones, and we didn't have a flashlight, so we're just kind of standing there in the darkness. We found our way to the trench after our after our eyes adjusted to the darkness and saw that all the trees around the trench had been removed and the trench was filled in. And you have to take into consideration that the trench was at least six to seven feet deep. It had been there for four plus years and all the dirt had been taken out of the ground and had been packed into the ground. So there's no way someone could have filled it that fast. What the actual fuck? What the fuck is with the radio? What the fuck is with the spotlight? What the fuck is with the trench filling in? And what the fuck is with the forest randomly disappearing and plants not growing? Is this part cursed? The end. Could be a curse. But I was also thinking a possible glitch in the Matrix where they like go, are going through different portals that they don't know they're walking through and are entering different parts of the forest that are actually not in the forest of their dimension, but from another dimension yeah. of that forest. Okay, so my next story is titled 
Which one am I going to do? I always think I'm going to do one, and then I just change my li- mind at the last second because I like to keep on my toes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> am I actually going crazy? What happened to my dog? I'm not a religious or spiritual person per se. I believe there's usually a logical explanation for the weird things that happen to us. But this messes with my head. It makes me seriously question my own sanity. If there are people out there who have experienced something similar, I would love to get in contact with you or just anyone who might have an explanation. I had a dog when I was a kid. He was a black shepherd-type breed called Calm. I remember walking this dog, playing with him, feeding him, and even taking him to the vet. He often slept in my room, chewed on my stuffed animals, and would sometimes wake me up with his snoring. One time, he bit me really hard on the ankle after I tried to break up a fight with another dog. It left a pretty big scar, needed stitches, and a shot afterwards. Countless memories for years and years. Much later on, I would try to recount some of those memories with other members of my family, and not a single person knew of this dog. Our family never even owned a dog. We were a cat family. None of our neighbors or friends owned a dog fitting the description. I couldn't believe it at first, and when searching for proof, pictures, old toys, anything, I found nothing. Not a thing. Even though I remember taking pictures with this dog, not just me, but with the rest of the family, there were no toys. Even the stuffed animals he used to chew on didn't exist, even though I, or, I actually have separate memories about some of those plushies as well. The one thing I still do have is the scar on my ankle. My mom, as most moms are, was always well aware of any new injuries and knew every story behind every scar I got until a certain age. But she has no memory of this scar, and it's still a mystery to her today. I can't explain it. The memories of my dog, Calm, are really very real, but there's no proof he ever existed. I don't believe he was imaginary. Imaginary friends weren't really my thing as a kid, and to be honest, I always suspected the dog like my sister more than me. What kid imagines a friendship like that? I've heard people (laughs) say that maybe the dog died at some point and my family lied about it to protect me, but I'm convinced that's not the case. Sparing feelings isn't really a thing in our family, and they know how much this whole thing messes me up. I remember exactly what Calm looked like. The sound of him barking, the color of his eyes, the hanging tip of his right ear, the shine in his fur after I brushed him. I remember the time we took him to the vet because of the busted nose after fighting our cat. And I remember him dressing up on my eighth birthday to match my own outfit. I remember taking him to my room to sleep next to me after I watched a scary movie. And I remember my sister once shaving his tail and legs because she wanted to turn him into a poodle. But I don't remember what happened to him. I don't remember him dying. I don't even remember missing him at some point. I just kind of forgot. And it makes me sad. If calm was never real, where did all those memories come from? Wow. And where did the scar come from? That's right? what gets me. Mm-hmm. Do you so, think maybe that whoever wrote this, like, crossed a portal into a different, like, matrix? That would make so much sense, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because what are the odds that... His family has no idea what the fuck he's talking about, but he does have a scar that he remembers vividly from an experience with that dog. So um, this person came back in like an edit and was like, I'm kind of amazed to see the number of serious comments on my post. I expected to be ridiculed, but a lot of people actually had some interesting theories and good tips. The Mandela effect is one I heard a lot. Other people suggest pulling hospital records, vet records are long gone typing hypnosis or digging further into photo albums. Also, a lot of people referred me to the retcon subreddit, and some suggest it may be just a faulty memory. I'm not really sure exactly how far I'm willing to go figure this out for a few reasons, mainly because my family already thinks I'm nuts, but you've given me much <laughs> to think about. If anything, I feel a little bit less crazy, which I'm grateful for. This is def- uh, I think this is a glitch in the matrix situation. Or yeah. if not... 
like his family is hiding some deep dark secret with that dog and are suppressing a lot of memories for certain reasons and put him under hypnosis so that he doesn't remember that part but like the hypnosis went wrong and he does remember it Ooh. yeah that's or maybe i mean it's possible like the dog like so, this makes less sense than it being paranormal though is if the dog died tragically and they tried to just completely erase the dog from the whole family's like life history yeah because it was too sad but that's no i don't think that like i don't think that's a thing it's not so there really is no explanation except for glitch in the matrix glitch in the matrix that's like something that's a common phenomenon in this episode i guess the theme of this episode is glitch in the matrix ta-da all right my next story is called let me scroll back up we spent the night being chased by a handful of creepy occurrences. I really don't know if this story is paranormal or not, but it sure was creepy. Maybe you guys have some ideas as to what it could have been. A few years ago, my cousins, who were 12 and 11 at the time, came over to spend the night at our house after Christmas. It was around 6.30 p.m. when me, 12 years old, my cousins, and my younger sister, who was 10, decided to walk down to a hunting area in our neighborhood that is barely ever hunted at. We called it Dead Man's Hill. Ever since, we moved into this neighborhood for no reason. Anyways, by the time we got there, the sun was starting to set, and we began to walk deeper into the woods, which we did a lot. Well, as we started walking deeper, we heard a gunshot followed by rustling leaves, which, of course, could have been the hunter. We were scared, of course, and ran back to the hill so we could get out of there. But that's when the creepy stuff started to occur. As we were getting back over the hill, we could have sworn someone began whispering in our ears. So we ran out of there as fast as we possibly could. By the time we got out, it was pitch black outside, so we ran back for home. On our way home, we turned out around only to see the th- only to see three of the exact same cars drive towards Dead Man's Hill, one after the other. We got chilled, but kept going. When we were about three houses away from our house, we heard a really high-pitched laugh as if it were from a child. We turned our heads and saw a ghostly pale boy pointing at us right in those people's driveway. The the kid was wearing all white clothes, of course, course. and was probably about four feet tall. This was creepy because the kid who lived there was 16 at the time and was almost six feet tall. So there were no kids around that height at all in the neighborhood, let alone the house. All the kids were around my age. We screamed and finally arrived home, slamming the door behind us. Sorry if the story was kind of long. I had to tell it all. Does anybody have any idea what it could have been, if it is anything at all? The end. A boy died on that street many years ago and just wants to play. Yep, pretty much. Or, or was accidentally shot by a hunter. Oof. And that's why he was at the hunting area. That would be interesting to look up the history of like of that area and see if there are any records or maybe because the kid was accidentally shot by a hunter maybe the hunter freaked out buried his body around there and the kid's just trying to direct people to his body so that he can have closure and then move over to the other side Ooh, i like that one yeah Mm -hmm. i always think of death i just i don't know my head's really fucked up okay (laughs) my next story is titled a psychic saved my life 
This happened about 10 years ago. I went to a friend's house and drank some cheap blue-colored vodka. Almost immediately, I felt something wrong with my stomach, and after taking that shot, I stopped drinking and tried to ignore the pain since it wasn't that bad at the time. Eventually, I went home, but the pain became worse, and to the point, it was unbearable. I thought I could just sleep this off and see how I felt in the morning. When I woke up, the pain was still there, now in a strong throbbing pain, became, uh, making walking an issue for me. Cue trip to the emergency room. While this was going on, my mother was thousands of miles away in the Dominican Republic visiting family. While she was there, she and one of my aunts went to one of those fortune tellers that read palms and tarot cards. My mother didn't believe in this stuff. In fact, she was against it, calling it devil magic. So she opted out, and she said she'd wait outside while my aunt gets ripped off by this gypsy. She said all these fortune tellers face so mean the fortune teller didn't take any offense she wished my mother well as she was heading back inside she asked my mother if she had any children to which she replied yes the fortune teller calmly tells her to call home and make sure we're all all right back in the states i was being discharged from the hospital the nurse told me i just have a stomach ache or a reaction to something i ate no shit (laughs) anyway that trip turned into a waste of time as i had no answers for my pain or even a remedy So I go home, turn on the TV, and lay down on the couch. By this time, eating isn't a possibility. All I can do is drink water, can't use the bathroom, walking hurts, and I'm in so much fucking pain. Not 15 minutes later, when I get home, my mother calls the house asking how we're all doing and if anything's wrong. My sister answered the phone, says we're all fine, except for the chaos who came down with the stomach virus as he's laid out on the couch. (laughs) When I tell you my mother flipped the fuck out, I mean, you could hear her from across the street over the cell phone receiver. She told us the story of the fortune teller, how she was being snotty to her, and that she feared she might have placed a curse on her. So anyway, back in the hospital I go. My mother made us promise not to accept any crap diagnosis from a hack nurse. Speak to a doctor, get answers, do not under any circumstances leave that fucking hospital until you get an answer. Well, when we went back, my sister raised hell, got me rushed back to the waiting room and into an MRI or x-ray or something like that from there they rushed my ass to surgery because my appendix was gonna blow at any minute i was never a religious man but i thank god for my fortune for that fortune teller to this day i would have died on that couch that day if it wasn't for her a few simple words from a complete stranger on an island thousand of miles away made a huge impact on my life that's some butterfly effect shit right there wow so this guy could have literally almost died yeah but this is my thing okay so i took this story so he takes it as the psychic woman actually saved his life i Mm -hmm. take it as maybe the mom was because she called her like a psycho gypsy and stuff to this woman's face i'm Mm -hmm. thinking the woman maybe possibly put a curse on her i was like oh you have kids yeah i should probably check up on them honey and then like (laughs) that kid that original kids because i just cursed them yeah so maybe so I don't know. I mean, I like to look at it from both ends, but I like to go the more negative route to make it more juicier, you know, stir the tea yeah. a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so those are two possible outcomes. Either she helped him or tried to fuck him over. Huh. All right, that's my story, Lily. What's your next story? Okay, my next story is called Strange Things Happening in My House. I had posted on here before about some experiences. However, there are more recent ones now. For all of you buzz unsolved fans hey so the first (laughs) so the first experience happened around a week ago i was watching one of the demonic investigations from buzzfeed unsolved um i laughed at a few scenes and there was a specific scene where shane the skeptic was mocking demons and i happened to join in a little bit 
Then all of a sudden I felt a weight on my head and it felt like something was pushing me down. I had a sensation of tingling and then the numbness all around my body, like how you feel limp in your arm after a blood test. Yeah, I had that all over my body. I fainted shortly after. My sister thought it might have been low blood pressure, so we checked it with the blood pressure machine and it was all normal. I couldn't really think of an explanation as to why it happened. This next experience happened last night slash early this morning. It was around 2.30 a.m. I was struggling to sleep as per usual. I started feeling a sharp thing, almost like the tip of a compass used in math, scratch my leg, and it was very painful. Then it suddenly stopped. I turned my flash on, and there was no scratches or anything there. After being a bit creeped out, I turned over to my side. It felt like, as weird as this sounds, someone was blowing into my ear fairly gently. I don't have any ear problems, and no windows were left open or anything. I saw a shadow man move very quickly from the edge of my bed to the door on the other side of the room, and then it disappeared. Also, I don't know if I'm being superstitious or something, but there's this adorable cat who comes into our garden every day. A few days ago, she was sitting on the floor in a large empty space, only I was there with her, stroking her. She, she then started making really weird sounds, not like her normal meows, and, and she began to show her teeth and try to look aggressive. She was looking directly into the space next to me. There was nothing there, not even any insect or any moving thing. She was looking up as if she were looking at someone standing. She suddenly stopped doing that, then turned away. It kind of freaked me out. I also got goosebumps, even though it's been pretty... I also got goosebumps, even though it's been pretty warm nowadays. The end. There was something definitely there right next to this person. Because cats yeah. can sense that shit, and they do not play around at all. Yeah, I think this person's being followed by someone or something. But by why? By a shadow man, I guess, right? Because they said they saw a shadow man. But why? What is the point? True. Why? Unless this person... Well, I don't, I don't think this person's a sensitive. There just must be some... Maybe this person went somewhere or purchased something that had some sort of connection to a spirit and now the spirit is latched on to him or her whoever wrote this oh it could be i mean they said that they had more experiences in other posts so i mean it could be it could be a combination of both maybe they're sensitive they were drawn to something that they purchased or a person that they met mm -hmm. or something and now they're kind of paying the price for it without even knowing Ooh, i hope that gets solved soon is that like a more recent post that was posted yeah I hopefully hopefully they figure it out because uh, the cat's not really... Well, I mean, cats aren't always the nicest, but uh, that cat's mm -hmm. starting to show teeth when it normally doesn't. There's something dark and negative behind that for sure. All right. Absolutely. My next story is titled, One of my brother's friends visited my mom and told her details he, she couldn't have known. So this is my mom's experience from 2006, and even though it was 13 years ago, it's so interesting, and we still talk about it a lot to this day. Growing up, my brother had a school friend named Adam. They used to play soccer together on weekends. We also lived out in the country on two acres and had a big house, so he would come over a lot for sleepovers. I was really young at the time, so I don't really remember him, but everyone described him as an old soul because he was so mature and sensible for his age and was really good at literally anything he put his mind to. It was like he had been put on this earth for not a long time, so he accomplished so much and was extremely intellectual. When he was 13, he and his parents one day um, realized he had a painful lump on his back, and when he would put on his shirt, 
they brushed it off thinking it was just a typical teenage growing pain, but it ended up getting worse and worse and eventually took him to the doctors to find out he had an extremely aggressive tumor growing next to his spinal cord, and the next thing you know, he immediately went into surgery. They managed to take out some of it, but it grew back pretty quickly, so he went through chemo and lost all his hair and a lot of weight and sadly looked like a frail old man. After a short but painful battle, he passed away four months shy of his 15th birthday and made a wish to his parents before he died that they would have another baby, but his mother wasn't so sure because she was almost 40, but he insisted that they do. A couple months went by one night, um, and one night my mom experienced the clearest and most amazing dream she ever had. It started off with her walking into a large room and all the curtains were closed and she went to each window opening the curtains one by one and by the third window Adam appeared just looking just as he did before he got sick and was dressed in a casual t-shirt, surfer shorts, his hair was thick, curly and golden blonde and his eyes sparkled blue. My mom Ooh. said, hi Adam, how are you? He replied, hi Jenny, I'm really great. Tell mom and dad not to worry as I am safe and flying with the angels. It's so much fun and the colors I see are colors I've never seen before. Then she says, oh, she then says, great news about your mom's pregnancy, isn't it? And he says, it's fantastic, and I'm so happy she is beautiful. He then showed an image of him and his parents lying on a bed, Adam in the middle with their arms around him smiling, and the dream ended. Mom rang his mother, Susan, and told her about the dream, and she burst into tears and said, you know that's funny, Jenny, because I just had a scan and found out the baby is a girl. And the following year, she gave birth to a daughter they named Melody because of Adam's love for music. She was also oh born. My God. <laughs> get this, get this. She was also born a year to the day after he died, which was June twenty sixth. And have then goosebumps. I'm crying in the club right now. And then edit. I forgot to add another important detail. When mom told Susan about the image of Adam in bed with her and his father's arms around him, that was an actual physical photo they had because the next time mom went to their house, Susan pulled out a photo album and showed her the photo that was the exact match to the one she saw in her dream. Mom had never seen it before, so it was completely mind-blowing. Oh, my God. This is such a comforting, like, soothing story. I know. So sweet. I love this story. I absolutely love this story. Oh. And I just love it, it just show, goes to show that there is, you know, life after death. Yeah, and I love the fact too that um once you pass on, you go come back as, you know, your prime self, like in your best shape, the healthiest mm-hmm. you've ever looked, the healthiest you've ever felt. And you know, this kid was absolutely glowing and he was saying there were colors like he never even experienced on this earth. And just how I have, appreciative look he at was. this. I have goosebumps right now. Oh my god, I can see them. <laughs> All right, now I have to try to top that. (laughs) Sorry, Lil. This one is called Ghost Ambulance. So, this is my first ever post on Reddit. First time posting about this ever. It happened when I was around 7 or 8. My mom and I were heading home from one of her friend's house, traveling down US 60 in Arizona at about 12 a.m. or so. I know I was too young to be out that late, but the party was a good one. (laughs) Uh, We were traveling west approaching mill avenue or somewhere around there out of nowhere i saw red and blue lights from behind us but i didn't hear a siren we were in the fast lane so all the way to the left there were four lanes in total i felt the car slow a little so i assumed my mom was slowing down for the ambulance that was quickly approaching our rear the next thing i know to our right the ambulance passed nearly hitting another car immediately after that about three car lengths in front of us the ambulance darts straight into a concrete barrier There was no crash, no ambulance. There was nothing. 
if a real ambulance crashed into that barrier, no one would survive that. Not to mention the mess there would be. I didn't say anything at first. It was late. We were both tired, but I know I saw something. I waited about two minutes and asked my mom if she saw anything weird just happen. She immediately started crying. I didn't say anything. Didn't know how to react, really. She got herself under control and said, are you talking about the ambulance? I knew I saw something. Uh, I asked her where it went. She just responded, I don't know. It just disappeared. That was over 20 years ago, and my mom and I still talk about it to this day. Only that wasn't the last time I saw it. That's for another time, though. I've, I've told many people about this, and they just think I'm telling a ghost story or making something up. If anyone out there is interested in hearing about the second time I saw this, I'll post about it. If anyone in the world has ever seen anything like this, please let me know. The end. A haunted ambulance? And more than one account of it? Yes, please. I need to know the second story. I know, right? If I had a Reddit account, I'd be like, tell me the second story immediately, please. Right now. This is for research purposes. <laughs> it's for research. For, it's for a very important podcast. Very important podcast. Very important podcast. Oh, that is weird. That right? Is spooky, it's just charging thing. straight into a wall and then it disappears. Not even the only person to experience it either. The mom was to the point of freaking out and acknowledging that she saw this too. Like, what the yeah. hell? It seems like a very residual haunting. Seems spooky kooky ooky. Mm-hmm. All right. My last story is titled White Owls, Lakota Beliefs, and My Father. I am born and raised out of the Cheyenne River Reservation in South Dakota. I moved off of the reservation when I was four years old, but I was right next to the Standing Rock Reservation where I stayed until I left for college. Growing up in the native culture in the area, I always had heard stories of slender man slash men, ghost stories, and omens related to white owls. Where I'm from, white owls represent an omen of death and passing of a loved one. Oh, like the white owl, like the snow owl that was in the story we oh, talked about the other day, snap. right? With the long legs. Yes. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Lily. Anyways, it was my senior year in high school, and I had just turned 18. A week later, a friend and I were returning from a stepdad's house in the country after having some deer sausage and biscuits. The sun was setting mm -hmm. on the hills, and the sky was of this mix of pink, orange, and blue. Beautiful sunsets in South Dakota, but anyone could say that about their home state or town. <laughs> a few miles out of town, my friend and I were listening to Kendrick Lamar's swimming pool as we were driving. Suddenly, Love this that song. <laughs> Me too! Uh, suddenly, this large white bird came flying across our windshield, left to right. Catching my eye, I stayed on it until it perched on a tree. Lo and behold, it was an owl. It's hard to describe the feeling that I had at that moment, but it wasn't one of fear. It was kind of a feeling of awareness and acceptance, a connection in a sense. Here's more backstory. My father was a successful teacher and coach and loved by all. Known for his kind and gentle heart, he'd strive to make the reservation, his home, a, be a better place. He was a very large man and had eventually developed diabetes. He ended up losing his legs, a few fingers, and eventually his kidneys were forced to go on dialysis to help him live. The average lifespan for a dialysis patient, I think, is five years. By this time, he had already lived a dedicated and stubborn two years past that base, never missing the dialysis that picked him up in the early morning three days a week. The months leading up to this white owl incident, I had taken several official visits to colleges for track and field where I was able to wheelchair my dad around and show him the training facilities and campuses. My mom warned me to take these moments in with love because she felt that we were nearing the last moments for my dad. My dad wasn't a sentimental character. 
But before warm-ups for a basketball game, he told me he was proud of me, that I would accomplish anything that I wanted to, etc. It was odd, but I loved it. I'm a softie and very loving, and although he was a kind of gentle uh, person, those attributes, time, and energy were typically given to those outside of the family. So it was really nice to hear. But back to the owl. I looked over at my friends and I said, bro, you saw that, right? Shit, yeah, man. You know what that means, right? I'll be there for you, brother, as long as you're there for me. He finished with, of course, dude, love you. Like, they fucking already knew what was going on. So weird. Wow. Uh, so nonchalant, too. We turned, her, we turned the music back up and proceeded with our night. Thinking nothing of it, I went home and relaxed, watched some TV, and went to bed. My dad stayed isolated in his rooms most days, and we accepted that as a family. Going back, I wish we all connected more as a family, but we had plenty of good memories, so I'm grateful for that. The next morning at 9.17 during my PE class, I got called to the office. On the phone, my mom had called and said that my dad had missed his van and must have overslept. Immediately, I knew. I knew. I knew. I knew. I didn't live far from the school, so I decided to jog back to the house and check on him. I opened the house door and yelled, time to wake your ass up, pops. Jokingly, but obviously serious because he needs to get to his dialysis appointment. I opened the door to his room, and this is a feeling I will never forget. Immediate peace and calmness enveloped me. It was freezing in the room, literally freezing. The town TV station, Channel 4, was on playing Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers, our shared favorite song. I walked over to the side of his bed, and he was so calm and peaceful, hands resting on his sternum, blanket placed just below his hands, prosthetic legs to my right. It looked like he was going to jump scare me, something he found comedic. Hashtag same, lol. I started saying, Pops, wake up, in a whisper as I touched his arm. It was cold, colder than usual, and stiff. I had just learned about rigor mortis in school a couple weeks beforehand, and I made the realization that my dad wasn't there anymore. I cried and bawled and called my mom and sister. But in all this, I knew he was finally at peace. No more major muscle cramps that brought him to tears. No more energy-draining dialysis. No more depression and sadness. It was peace. Quiet and true peace. The white owl had shown his face, and I listened. I accepted. I grew up in the church and had a few instances growing up where I believe a higher being or spiritual connection between all of us had shown its face. But this moment was my breakthrough moment. This kind of turned into a description of my father instead of the focus of the white owl, but I thought I would, I thought I would fit it in. I'll be following up with two more instances where I believe my father let my mom and I know he was with us. But for later on, much love to you all. The end. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, white owls, guys. Possible omen for someone that's passed or passing. Um, like a morning dub, right? Yeah. It's, I... Yeah, I don't really see a lot of owls, but I hear them. So if I see a white owl, I'll probably freak out a little bit. But this person seemed to be at peace in the fact of, I know my dad's suffering. This isn't the quality of life that he wants, um, that he doesn't deserve. So mm -hmm. it kind of, I think that he needed to see that sign to be prepared for what he was going to walk into the next day, especially since he was the one to discover his dad yeah. in that state. Um but it's crazy. Even the room was colder. Um, yeah, not just the body. The room was cold. Yeah, and like there was a feeling of peace. Like this person has passed on. They are no longer in that vessel of a body, and they are just free, which I think is so beautiful. Yeah. All right. Good story, Beth. I, I you know what? I have I don't toot my own horn usually but toot motherfucking toot those last two stories were emotional <laughs> as fuck <laughs> 
All right. On that note, that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 64. And Lily, do you have anything to say before we wrap this up? Don't forget that owls have legs. Everyone needs to know. Owls do have very creepy long legs. (laughs) All right. Ready for the socials? Sure. All right. Follow us on Instagram at... Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and... At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at... Just Ghouly Things Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Fangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.